Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Upper 90 Podcast uh, with me, Larry Henry Jr. from SBI Soccer. And joining me tonight is uh, Khalid Abdallah from Fansided, formerly of Fansided, a uh, friend of mine, also a, a major supporter of Chelsea uh, Football Club in England. And uh, we're going to talk some Chelsea, to- Chelsea tonight, some U.S. men's national team, um, and the expectations for for both uh of those teams uh Coward, how you doing tonight man i'm doing great man ready to talk chelsea ready to talk national team and uh, anything else in between all right uh sounds good um so yeah i was gonna dive into uh the premier league like i said we had some earlier uh in the season we had uh, a couple other uh media writers tom bogert from mls uh big liverpool supporter and then chuck booth uh tottenham supporter um so now got collard on here going to talk some chelsea four match days into the season uh in the premier league now we're on international break chelsea with a 1-2-1 record so far five points from their first four games uh collard what do you make of the season so far with under frank lampard and um you know do you see more positives than maybe what the record shows so far yeah honestly i do i mean it's uh it's been kind of a mixed bag so far but uh you know we all knew coming into the season that it'd be challenging with the transfer ban uh you know losing your best player and uh eden hazard so you know we didn't think that coming in we'd be challenging for the title uh we probably also didn't think we'd be drawing with uh you know sheffield and lester in the first couple weeks but uh you know, I think the main issue right now is just the injuries to some key players. And, but there is still a lot to be excited about, especially the, the younger guys, Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount. Uh, those guys are a blast to watch. So, uh, you know, it hasn't been the best start, but like I said, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I mean, especially when you come into the season, you know, you lose a guy like Eden Hazard, and then especially with the transfer ban, um, you can't really bring, you know, you can't really bring anybody in, and, and, you know, you do have Christian Pulisic, um, finally getting his, you know, uh, coming back from that loan from Dortmund, and, uh, being able to make an impact over the first, uh, few weeks of the season. And then obviously, like you said, the guys, Mason Mount, he's, he's been fun to watch. He was fun to watch. Uh, last year with Darby County, uh, with, with Lampard there in the championship, and then Tammy Abraham uh, with four goals in, in his first four games. Um, so I did want to touch, obviously, on, on Christian Pulisic. Uh, you know, I don't think you can ever go uh, not talking about Christian Pulisic in some sh- way, shape, or form. Um, Colin, have you liked what you saw so far from Pulisic? Obviously, I know um, that the opening game against Man U, I mean, Chelsea were to kind of just run off the field by, by, uh, by you know, by the time when he was getting in, and then they kind of got smoked after that. But um, he's done very well. I mean, the Super Cup against Liverpool, he, he had a good showing. He almost had his first goal there. And then um, and then he had his first, had his first goal there. Yeah, he should have had his first. I, I was watching it here and, and just like, come on, give him that goal. You know, give me give me something give me something else to write about you know but um but then he does get his uh, his first premier league assist uh, against norwich in that 3-2 win uh two weeks yeah. ago um he had, he had an assist in the super cup too yeah 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 he did yeah so have you liked what you've seen so far um with him and um you know do you do you expect to see him his stock continue to grow after the break yeah i mean i think it's everything that he's been doing so far has been you know, pretty much 
what you would expect from a 20 year old winger you know who's making their first couple of starts in the premier league um i was really bummed about that super cup because uh, he he almost had you know his his signature moment uh, for chelsea and i think was his first real game um or first real start so i think you know that was really unfortunate that they ruled that out but um overall i think he's been he's been good not great but you know it's it's kind of what you expect from a young player who's who's just getting his feet wet in the premier league obviously he's been in the bundesliga for a couple of years now uh doing really well but um you know he i think the best compliment i can give him is that uh he hasn't looked out of place you know chelsea have had some other wingers in the in the past couple of years uh that have come in and just haven't really looked the part but uh so far, he, he's looked, you know, he's fit in really well, and he's already making an impact, like you said, with uh, with a couple assists and, uh, and a goal that should have been. Yeah, and I'm definitely definitely excited for Christian. Obviously, um, you know, being able to see him him grow as a player. I mean, people do have to remember he, he still is only 20 years old. Um, I mean, we're not talking about a you know a 20 year old uh, English born player or Spanish born player that might um, have that chance earlier kind of in their career uh or with a big even maybe even a bigger club or something like that i mean we see it with you know barcelona and real madrid every now and then there's a um i think was it that 16 year old for barcelona it scored 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 and i'm just like you know what's going on and you know christian pulisic plays a bad pass and it's like oh there goes the national team or something like that yeah so um yeah i'm excited his name was like his name was cristiano yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Portuguese or something or Brazilian. Then um, I think a lot of fans would have a, you know a lot more patience with him. But he's expected to be the savior for the U.S. and for Chelsea. I mean, it's it's unfortunate timing for him that he came in, uh, you know, when Hazard the same summer that Hazard left because there was that huge void in the team that I think the fans are looking to fill uh, with him. But he's just you know he just he might not be ready for it, and that's that's completely okay for somebody who's, who's only 20 years old so yeah and uh now i'm gonna flip sides a little bit with chelsea um one one position that i feel um with them i mean obviously i'm a man a man city supporter and you know i do like to try to um you know look at every roster in the league and try to say okay what's the best starting 11 for this team who 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 stands out and whatnot it, with with Chelsea it, I feel like it's in the center of defense um I mean Kurt Zuma kind of had that blemish at the end of the Sheffield United game where he gets the own goal and um you know it's against a team that's recently promoted playing very well um can't take anything away from Sheffield United I mean they've been in in really every game so far this season um but I mean do you feel at the center of defense um are you uh confident with those guys I mean you have Kurt Zuma Andreas Christensen uh Antonio Rudiger who hasn't uh hasn't played obviously and then um and then the youngster uh Tamori as well um coming in yeah I think that's you just you pointed out the big issue so far is that uh Rudiger who's you know easily the best center back on the team and the most experienced hasn't been healthy and I think not having him out there and having to rely on Zuma who you know he's he's a good player he's a good you know Premier League probably like replacement level center back um you know he's got all the physical tools but i don't know if he's the type of personality that's able to you know really command a back line and you know you have you have the captain and that's quite back there but it's just not the same as having that that commanding center back that 
Um, you know, I think Rudiger can be when he comes back. So that's the gaping hole. I'm, I'm not gonna make any, you know, full conclusion or t- you know, jump to any conclusions about the defense until Rudiger comes back, and of course, Conte comes back and is healthy. So once those two guys are in and we're still leaking goals, then I'll have some serious questions. Well, I guess as a, a U.S. Uh, fan as well, um, we can uh, we can hope that one day Matt Miazga gets a, gets the chance to. Uh, <laughs> To hopefully uh, get get some appearances uh, with Chelsea in the back line. Obviously, another you know another American uh, talent. Uh, obviously, not on the scale as Christian Pulisic, but um, you know continuing to do well with some some of the chances he's had with the with the national team, and then um, you know back on loan at Reading, which I think was was a really good move for him. I think um, obviously after that loan spell at Nantes didn't go. Uh, too well, and then he was able to go to Reading, help them stay in the championship, and then, um, you know, I think it's any time you return to a, a team that you're familiar with, um, the coat, the manager knows you, the players uh, that are there know you, I think it's big. Obviously, Miazga's kind of dealing with a little bit of a hamstring right now, so he hasn't been on the on the pitch, and then obviously wasn't named in the, in the U.S. roster um, yeah. because of that. Um, now I'm going to flip... I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off, I was going to say, for, for Miazga, I mean, honestly, if, if there's a couple injuries to some of these center backs, uh, you know, who knows, maybe he gets recalled back to the, the team and gets inserted right in. Yeah. I hope I, that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah. I, uh, you know, it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility right now. Yeah, definitely. Um I'm going to flip over to, uh, back into the attack a little bit with Chelsea. Um, so... The first four games, um, Tammy Abraham, four goals uh, already, kind of um, really just showing his his ability. He's been able to do it in the championship, score goals. Um, now he's got four goals uh, for Chelsea, uh, lead the team, um, beating out the likes of Olivier Giroud and, uh, in the starting lineup. Um, you know, obviously, obviously you're impressed with this guy, right, Khaled? Yeah, I, I've been tracking this guy for... You know, a few years now, I think any any serious Chelsea fan has, you know, been aware of, of what this guy's been doing um, and following his career. And I have, you know, some pretty irrational uh, dreams or visions of this guy becoming uh, the next Drogba. Uh, but I've been super impressed with him. He's he's really mature. He's he's skilled. He's you know he's big enough to, to make a difference in the air. Uh, but he's great with the ball at his feet. Uh, and again, he's a, he's another super young talent that. You know, can only improve from here on out. Um, and if, more than anything, I've been really impressed with his maturity. Um, you know, after the Super Cup, where he missed the the decisive penalty, you know, and all the abuse that he got on, online, and uh, I'm sure you know he felt horrible after that. He's bounced back and shown that you know not only does he belong, but you know he should be the starter week in and week out. Yeah, I think that the best. Uh even the even the best stat I saw uh, in the uh, you know the Norwich game, the Sheffield United game, when you know he scores two goals in both performances, back to back starts, and I think they I think the stat was I read um, that Sheffield United uh, game was he was the first Chelsea player to score two goals in back to back starts since Frank Lampard, um, which I thought you know what a coincidence, and then he's the manager as well, um, yeah, you know I think some he's the first first English player. Yeah, first that's right. First English, 
Yeah, and usually you think um, if it was anybody else, obviously, if it wasn't the English player, you'd think, you know, oh, Drogba or this or that. But, um, but yeah, I think he's done very well, um, you know, just rolling through his numbers in the championship. I mean, he had 24 goals with Bristol City a few years back. Um, then eight goals with Swansea City uh, in the Premier League. Um, but then last year on loan with Aston Villa, 26 goals. I mean, helps them get get promoted up. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I think he's. I mean, and for an English fans, I mean, I think he's definitely. Um, it, it's obviously going to be hard to if you're an English fan to, to see this guy getting into the you know the, the England squad and stuff like that down the road with Harry Kane there and, and all the goals that that he scores from the striker position. But Tammy Abraham's, I think, a name that that definitely will 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 warrant some consideration if he continues to, to put in the performances. I mean, he's only 21. Um, he's younger than Harry Kane. And, and you know, I think now is Abraham, I don't have it in front of me right here, but has he currently been with the England national team or has he been with, like, the U21s there? Or I think it's only been, he's only played for the U21s. So, okay, so he hasn't got the uh, senior call-up yet? Yeah, he's eligible to play for Nigeria, I think, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I think England's going to have to hop on him soon. And I think, you know, at the striker position, there isn't too many options ahead of him. Uh, you know, I think especially, uh, you know, a few years down the line, Jamie Vardy, I think 31. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane, obviously, is still young, but uh, you, know, you need more than one striker. So, uh, you know, I think if England's serious about it, and if, they, if he keeps playing the way he's playing for Chelsea, then I, I don't see why he wouldn't get a call up, even just to, to lock him into an England shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you said, I mean, with if Nigeria does come knocking, and if there's a, a situation where there are some young forwards that that maybe do get the nod over him, you know, behind Harry Kane, um, you know, maybe he does make that, you know, make that switch and go with Nigeria, where you know you could you could get consistent time with the first team, and you know, here's a first team spot. You know, obviously you have to work for it, but um, it's less competition to beat out obviously for for the starting job um so and then um i did want to touch obviously on the champions league um uh, definitely exciting competition i I always love seeing uh the draws uh the you know it's hard to keep tabs on every single game because you got what eight games on a tuesday eight games on a wednesday and it's like i don't have eight tvs in my house i'm sorry i i can't keep tabs on all of them but um so yeah, after the the international break, uh, Chelsea go to Wolves, uh, who are who are winless uh, so far in the first four games. But I, I don't think it's an easy task going to to Molineux, which is always tough. And then and then they then they kick off the Champions League. They they host Valencia um, in uh, in what many media. Pl- uh, media have already labeled as the U.S. men's national team group uh, of the uh, Champions League with uh, Christian Pulisic, Serginho Dest of Ajax, and Timothy Way of Lille. Um, Colin, what do you uh, you know expect from the from their from their Champions League hopes? Obviously, I, they're easily the favorite to to win the group, but do you see them? slipping up at all or does you think it depends on maybe if the injured players come back immediately yeah I mean I, I don't know if I would say they're even easily the favorites just because of, of how much uncertainty is around this team uh, with the injuries and we don't really know you know what this team is about just yet uh, you know I wonder if, if they will even have the best player in all of the games maybe Conte uh, would be the best player in the group but uh you know, I, I expect them to advance 
you know, maybe not necessarily win the group, but I think they have a sneaky tough group. You know, it's not it's not the big names. Um, you know, they could have ended up with uh, you know some of these other I think pop B teams like Real Madrid or, or Atletico. Um, so they did get a little lucky uh, with with some of the teams they got, but it's it's going to be tougher. I think then it looks on paper, especially like I said, with, with all the uncertainty and what's kind of a thin squad already. So, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm definitely you know excited, obviously for for that group. Obviously, like I had said, with the U.S. players all in there. I mean, we will hopefully get to see um, Christian Pulisic go up against uh, Sergio Des down the flank, one v one. Hopefully, Timothy Way can can get back. I know he had uh, had a bad. Um, hamstring problem uh which which forced him to to miss out uh on camp but uh but yeah so then after the valencia game then they're at home against liverpool um on the 22nd of september which which will be a huge game uh for them and then you know now we're starting to get into that point of the season early parts of the season where you know you're going to be playing um you know five matches in a month and then you know you toss in the league cup uh as well uh the premier league and then obviously you get down in the holidays and in, in winter you know you're playing seven to eight, six to seven to eight games in a month um so uh so yeah so you know i hope i'm, I'm hoping that chelsea uh continues to to rise up the table um now I did want to touch with you on uh, the conversation I think that's always brought up with 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 Chelsea and a lot of the other teams in, in the you know that are meant kind of meant to be in that top uh, top ten top six. Um, so that top six race, obviously, um, last year was you know seemed like nobody wanted to get into the top four outside of Man City and Liverpool. Uh, it was like every week Chelsea would have a chance and then they would drop points. Tottenham would drop points or Arsenal um, and then even Wolves made it interesting kind of a little bit near the end to get into this in the sixth plate spot um, I mean is it too early to it's obviously too early to say but do you see Chelsea continuing into that top four uh, by season's end or do you see any of those teams uh, like Arsenal Man U that didn't make it kind of knock them out it's, it's funny that, that you said that nobody wanted to get into the top four because it seems like it's the same case this year. <laughs> so, you know, you have Liverpool and City who are, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else. So those two spots are, are locked in. Um, you know, based on what I've seen so far, I don't think Chelsea are good enough to make top four, you know, maybe top six. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go with, with them probably finishing fifth or sixth with uh, Tottenham finishing third uh, and then a surprise pick in, in Everton and Leicester City uh, rounding out that top six. Ooh, very interesting. I, I like that. I like to see some of the uh, the teams maybe we, we don't expect to to be playing uh, maybe back in the Champions League. So, um, But we do have a long season, and, and they can always, you know, they can always prove us wrong. I mean, uh, for all we know, Chelsea could win their last uh, 15 games like Man City did uh, last season and, and, and sneak up there. Um but I, but I do agree with you. I, I mean, Liverpool, Man City, um, you know, on paper, I, I mean, they have the two best teams. Um, I mean, er, everything they do, it just seems so kind of like watching that, their games on TV. I mean, obviously, I watch the City games. I make sure to, to definitely try to find them on a stream or somewhere when they're not on NBCSN. But, I mean, Liverpool, Man City, it's like you just know that there's going to be a lot of goals. And most most of the time, they're the ones that are doing 
the scoring, and it's uh, they're not they're not on any lopsided defeats or anything like that. Um, so now I'm gonna f- uh, flip to our next segment segment with um, the U.S. men's national team. Um, so today's Thursday. Tomorrow they will be facing Mexico uh, at MetLife Stadium. Uh, I will be up there for that. Uh, it will be it should be a great time uh, covering a game at a new venue that I haven't been to yet as a, as part of the media. Um, Kyle, what are you, are you ex- definitely uh, excited for this uh, game against Mexico? Obviously, people are saying it's a little bit of a revenge match. Uh, I don't. I'm not really taking it that way i would say because you know it's go from the gold cup to a friendly yeah, it's not yeah, there's nothing at stake other than bragging rights and um but i but i definitely am excited are you, are you looking forward to that yeah for sure it's always uh something to look forward to when they're playing mexico um but yeah i i, I think i mean it's obviously not a revenge match in the same way but i do think that the guys you know they'll be motivated to want to beat mexico after uh what happened in the gold cup especially you know the, the disappointing way that they lost that game when they, you know, probably should have won, or at least made it, you know, a uh, little more competitive. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a great game as always, and I, I think that they're going to be motivated. And they're going to want to come out and, and win, just like you know you do anytime you play your rival, whether there's a gold cup at stake or you know just bragging rights, like you said. Yeah, and uh, I think it's definitely going to be um, fun too. I, I always love getting to the games where you got some guys in there who um, are seeking their first uh, first senior caps with the team. Um, and and this this time around we have three: uh, Serginio Dest, uh, Miles Robinson, and Paxson Pomichol, uh of the FC Dallas. Uh, two of those guys, obviously Dest and Pomichol, um members of that U20 team that were, were in the World Cup earlier this year. Um, and, and Dest is one who I think everyone is very excited about um, just because of his growth. Um, he's been getting first-team minutes at Ajax um, and, and helped them win a trophy already this season in the Dutch uh, Super Cup. Um, and Greg Berhalter did say today he will start uh, tomorrow against Mexico. So uh, I think a lot of fans are excited for that. Um Collard, are you are, are you most excited? Would you say uh, for Dest or out of those three guys? Obviously, Miles Robinson, definitely one of the better center backs I would say this season in, in MLS. And then Pomichol, obviously uh, coming into his own in, in his first real season with FC Dallas. Yeah, I mean it's got to be Dest, right? I mean, no no disrespect to, to Robinson or Pomichol, but when you have a guy that's that's playing in the Champions League and has a chance to, to play regularly, I guess, in the Champions League and, and in the top league in Europe at just 18, you have to be excited, right? It's kind of sort of the same case when, when Pulisic hit the scene um, and he was ready to, to blow up. So definitely more excited for him than anybody else. Uh, but Robinson is, is exciting as well. You know, the, the center back position for the U.S. has been kind of a revolving door. So if this guy can come in and lock down that spot you know maybe he's the the starting center back for the u.s for the next 10 plus years you know so yeah yeah i mean uh yeah definitely and he's definitely taken i think uh, a great next step with atlanta united i mean it, it always helps when you're coming into it with a team who's the defending champs um you know has the likes of joseph martinez and julian gressel and pity martinez all these kind of playmakers around you 
Um, and, and, you know, and he has veteran leadership with him, you know, Brad Guzan, Michael Parkhurst, players like that, Jeff Lorenowitz. Um, so I think it's a great step for him. Um, Pomico, obviously a little bit different because, I mean, he's, he's younger. Um, I'm not sure if he will play, uh, you know, it sounded obviously like, you know, Greg Berhalter wanted him to get a taste of that environment, um, get him up to speed, kind of give him give him the first looks. Um, he did say he still has you know uh, plenty of things to work on, but I mean he's been tossed right into the fire with FC Dallas as well as a lot of other younger players that we've seen um, with FC Dallas in the past. Reggie Cannon, players like that. Um, yeah, definitely not shy. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, um, and then obviously we do have um, the likes of Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, um, the return of Josh Sargent. Uh, hopefully he gets you know some minutes. I wonder if he's going to start. Um, it sounds. I'm not sure if he will start over Zardis. Um, I know the second game, obviously against Uruguay and St. Louis. Um, that's you know that's where Sargent's from. I'm sure he would want to start, uh, you know, there. Um, so what do you what are you making of the rest of the roster there, Colin? Yeah, I'm, I think because they're playing Mexico and it's there's some expectation there because uh, you know you always want to beat your rival. I think Berhalter is probably going to lean you know more veteran. I think for for tomorrow's game uh, and you know really give those guys a chance to to get revenge. So. Uh, you know the guys that, that were in the Gold Cup that, that fell short. I think he's going to focus on them. And I think in the Uruguay game, when there's you know literally nothing at stake, not even bragging rights, I think that's when he's going to give guys like Sargent, uh, you know, and, and Pomacol maybe their not their debuts, but uh, you know a chance to play uh, against a team like that. So this is a younger leaning roster, uh, which I'm obviously excited about. You know, there's guys. You know, like Michael Bradley and Josie Altidore, who, you know, if this was a competitive match, would probably be in the squad. But when a friendly like this, you know, why not take a chance with some kids and, and see what they can do? Um, and like you said, there's there's superstars in, in on this team like Pulisic and, and McKinney. So, uh, you know, it's an intriguing roster from top to bottom, and I'm really excited about both both games, to be honest. Yeah, um, and then obviously there's, you know, we still have some guys. Obviously, the guys from. T- Toronto FC, who, who weren't called in just because of the MLS schedule. Um, Josie Altador, Omar Gonzalez, Michael Bradley. Um, and there's also some guys that, that are hurt. I mean, Tyler Adams is still uh, a few way, a few weeks away from probably making his uh, you know season debut with Leipzig. Um, DeAndre Yedlin's back in training with Newcastle. Uh, Matt Miazga, like we said earlier, is hurt. Um, so a couple guys are, are, are banged up right now. Um, even some other guys that um, we had seen in the past, the Andrea Novakovic's, the Jonathan Amons, um, you know, obviously they're they're fighting for minutes and and everything like that, making making moves. Um, is, is there one guy, Khalid, that's not uh, on this roster that um, maybe you're disappointed that should have been there, or uh, maybe one guy that maybe we haven't seen in a while that that should be back? I mean, the one guy I'm most disappointed about is Timothy Way. Obviously, he's hurt, uh, but I have, again, some irrational hopes for this guy to become a, a superstar. So I, I don't think there's anybody that's healthy right now that I'm, I'm disappointed it wasn't included. Um, but I'm just I'm really bummed out for, for, for Timothy Way not being on this roster. 
Mm. One guy I have to say I was disappointed with um, maybe not getting the call in just because of his run of form early in the season was Julian Green. Um, just seeing him play with uh, Firth in in the uh, two Bundesliga, um, he had been. I think he's been one of the top performers uh, for the two Bundesliga so far with the team. Um, I kind of thought maybe maybe he gets brought in. Um, it's tough because he's on that. He's at that age where, you know, you still have guys that are maybe younger than him that you want to give them the experience, get them uh, up to speed with the national team. And then there's also, you know, there's guys that are veteran guys like, I mean, Alfredo Morales was one guy that I really didn't picture to be back in. And he's done well with with Dusseldorf. Yeah, he's done well with. Dusseldorf, and um, I think he's been been a good performer for them uh, this season. But I was really kind of shocked by that. Um, maybe they just wanted him to have the duo of him and Zach Steffen because they're both playing together. Um, but no, I think he's done well. But yeah, Julian Green was one. Maybe I thought should have got a, a better look. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's it's hard right now because you're looking for um, consistent performers at the the, the skill positions the attacking positions and obviously Polisic's going to be in one you know you have the likes of Sargent um Zardis I think is going to be there for uh, yeah even though some U.S. fans don't particularly like Giassi Zardis I still think that because Greg Berhalter is the coach and he knows Giassi from his time with Columbus I think he's going to be there if he continues to score goals in MLS and then obviously Tyler Boyd um broke onto the scene uh, at the Gold Cup and, um, you know, is now getting regular minutes with Besiktas. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm definitely excited for it. Um, what, what, would, what is your prediction score-wise tomorrow? And uh, if, the, if, you, if you have the U.S. scoring, who, who do you have scoring for them? I'm going to say 2-1 to the U.S. tomorrow in, uh, in a sloppy match. Uh, I'll go uh, Pulisic and Sargent as the goal scorers. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, one nothing to the U.S. I think they're gonna keep the clean sheet, which is which is not uh, easy against Mexico with all that attacking talent. Um, and I'm gonna have Weston McKinney get get the only goal. Uh, I think he, uh, you know, his ability to get into the box, trail plays, and, and make things happen. I think he'll he'll be able to score. And uh, out of like out of those three guys, obviously Dest will get the start. Um, I don't obviously I don't see Robinson getting the start. Maybe he gets the start against Uruguay, uh, like you said in the game that really doesn't mean much because uh, it's it's Uruguay. Um, and Pamako, I, I think he gets a, a little a short cameo off the bench um, just to get his feet wet a little bit. Um, and then obviously Uruguay, I think will be a much tougher test. Um, I wonder if the if that Uruguay game game comes. I wonder if they really put you know. Put any of the real their real big playmakers in, or they don't want to risk them because it's right at the end of international break, um, and and players are going back. Um, and then one one topic I did want to talk to you with um, with the U.S. is, is the Nations League uh, coming up. Um, do you like the idea of the Concacaf Nations League? I know some people are kind of like you know against it and think it's kind of a boring boring competition um a little bit um what are your thoughts on that Colin? i'm good with it yeah <laughs> i mean anytime anytime there's competitive soccer on uh I'm, I'm totally down for it so sign me up i'll be even against teams like cuba um you know I'm, i'll be i'll be there watching 
Yeah, yeah, I think there's... I agree with you there. I think anytime you get um, games on TV and, and there's, you know, there's obviously going to be people going to them. I mean, Audi Field's going to be hosting one. Um, the U.S. are going to play Cuba in, in the Cayman Islands for one of them. Uh, and then they're going to play at BMO Field against Canada, which I think that is the, the game that I'm, like, really circling on my calendar because um, it seems like Canada really wants to... To obviously get in that upper echelon of the CONCACAF teams, and um, I think they did fairly well at the Gold Cup. They have the, you know, Alfonso Davies is the is the big name uh, there, and I think that's going to be interesting to see him uh, against uh, the likes of the U.S. Um, and obviously, with the news coming out that the Nations League will serve as qualification for the Gold Cup in 2021, um, maybe we'll see some new uh, teams. Cl- clinched their spot um like a couple did for this past um gold cup and all and plus it'll be the first time that a lot of these players can get uh cap tied so for the likes of uh dest who uh has the netherlands uh knocking on the door uh that'll be the u.s's time to really kind of lock him up uh if 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 he plays um and obviously now with everyone talking about Mexico and the U.S. Do you feel that Mexico is still the top team uh, in Concacaf? Even I mean, they did win the Gold Cup, but um, do you still think are the U.S. right behind them, or do you still think they have a ways to go? No, I, I think they're right behind them. I mean, it, it was really unfortunate that we lost the Gold Cup to what was I guess I wouldn't I don't know if they were Mexico's B team, but they definitely didn't have some of their big names. But on the flip side, you know, the U.S. didn't either, so. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say they're they're that far behind them. I mean, we have some up and coming talents in Europe, just like they do. Um, they have some established stars that haven't been playing for the national team, you know, in recent uh, recent years. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're too far behind. And the and the funny thing was, I did see, you know, at U.S. Uh, media kind of media conferences yesterday. Um, up up there at the the Red Bulls training facility, um, there was a question asked. I don't know if you saw it with Christian Pulisic and Chucky Lozano uh, yeah. with Mexico, and uh, they both kind of. I, I think they asked Pulisic about it, and he, you know he said, "I'm not going to give you an Ibrahimovic uh, type of answer." Yeah. Um, obviously, they're the two. I would say the two young faces of of each team. I mean, Lozano just made the move to Napoli, which I think was a huge move for him uh getting to go into Syria and uh, and then obviously Pulisic with Chelsea um I'm gonna put you on the spot here who is sure. better who is better between those two and um do you think it's a big big drop off or, or are they both kind of the same oh man you are putting me on the spot <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean if if I have to be completely honest it's probably Lozano um you know I love Pulisic I think he's great think he's you know going to become a world-class talent if he not if he doesn't already but you know Lozano's got I think three or four years on him he's been playing uh you know in Europe for a few years now he's playing in the Champions League I mean so is, so is uh Pulisic but I think he's been in more of a starring role uh for Eindhoven and then now for for Napoli um so I, I give Lozano but not not by much yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at his his numbers, I mean, the last few years in in, in the Netherlands, I mean, he had seventeen goals and eight assists, 
in 2017-18, and then he had the same exact numbers the next year with, with PSV, and then he's already scored. He scored on his debut with with Napoli. So, um, yeah, I think they're they're about the same. I would give Lozano the the slight edge, obviously, because you know he's playing with Mexico. He's playing with the better the better team, and I think the uh, you know obviously the best team in Concacaf. Um, but I do think obviously Christian Pulisic has. Um, I think he does have a lot, a lot of time to grow. Um, I think they both do. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting uh, discussion that got brought up uh, at, uh, yesterday, and, and then they even they asked uh, uh, Chucky Lozano after, after that about it, and, and he kind of said, you know, was humble about it, and said, you know, I, I do, you know, kind of see us a little bit, you know, as the same, and if if they do compare him to me, then I'm all for it. You know, I think he just said did say he was a great player and all. Um, so yeah, and uh, I did want to get your your touch on MLS, um, just because we are at that point of the season where you know we're getting close to the playoffs. We uh, we have you know a lot of um, a lot of shaking to do in the standings before we actually get the teams fighting for MLS Cup. Um, Atlanta United, defending champs, obviously I w- they were knocked off uh, last week by the Philadelphia Union. I was at the game at Town Energy Stadium. Um, it was probably the biggest win that I've ever witnessed in Philadelphia Union history um, to, to beat the f- defending champs at home um, and to do it in that, that kind of Philly style where it's kind of a slugfest and then they the the, uh, the Union come out on top at the end. Um, I, th- I thought it was, it was a great atmosphere and it was another yeah, sellout. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think they've done a great job. Um, it's been a few years I've been covering the team now, and they've been uh, kind of moving their way up um, and still trying to get a little noticed within the city. Um, it's funny because when you listen, I mean, I don't listen every day to sports talk radio in Philly, but when I do, it's ne- you never hear about the union. It's always Eagles this or um, Carson Wentz this or Bryce Harper this, but um but Khaled, uh who would you say um, is the best team, probably uh, equipped to knock off Atlanta United for the title? W- would you would you easily go with LAFC, or would you would you go with kind of an underdog? It's got to be LAFC, right? Like mm-hmm. they they're far and away the best team in the league. I mean, you know, if they've lost a couple couple games, obviously, but um, I think on on a given night, you know, if, if all things are equal, they have. They just have more talent than anybody else. Um, they're better coached, I think, than, than most teams. Um, so it's got to be LAFC, right? They're they're the favorite, and uh, yeah, I, I can't see anybody else. I mean, there there are obviously some some other good teams, uh, you know, including the Union. But uh, I think if if they play to their potential, they'll they'll win it all. So are you, so if I went out and put money on it, do you think LAFC Atlanta United will be will be the final uh, later this year, or are you predicting LAFC versus uh, you know versus the Union versus NYCFC? Who are you taking? I'm going to be biased as a, as a Philly resident and go Union uh, LAFC. Wow, yeah, I Union fans uh, start booking your tickets to MLS Cup. Uh, all expenses paid by Khalid Abdallah, everybody. Um, 
I think you just made everybody's day with with that. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. I I went to MLS Cup last year in Atlanta, and it was a huge uh, experience. Uh, it was it was great. I mean, it was it was also great because my fa- some family lived down there, so I got to see them. But I mean, it was just crazy to see it the final and then to see the final in a stadium like that with 70,000 people um, it, probably, yeah. it, it looked and I mean I don't know what it felt like being there but just watching it on TV it, it, it felt like the Super Bowl yeah and you know that's that's pretty awesome feeling it's a pretty awesome thing to say about, about the MLS Cup yeah and I think if it you know if it does go to to Bank of California Stadium or wherever it goes obviously I don't I can't <laughs> it's funny I can't now that I've been there, I can't really see a final anywhere else. I, I can't like picture it if it was ever at Town Energy Stadium kind of thing because it's you're talking about yeah, sixty, 20, yeah, sixty thousand to twenty thousand. I mean, you have you do have the great view of of the, uh, you know, of uh, of the bridge and everything and all. But I mean, just the atmosphere in Mercedes Benz, it was just crazy. But um, but I, I would, no, I, I think, uh, I, I think you know, eventually, you know, why not have it in, in a neutral? neutral stadium yeah every year just like Super Bowl I think that would be uh, incredible I think the fan base is there I think the the buzz around MLS in general I think it would be enough to support it you know maybe if it's a smaller market team that makes the cup might be a little little harder but uh, you know why not turn it into a week-long event with uh, you know all the the hoopla that, that the Super Bowl does has. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, and I I also agree with that. I always feel like, you know, it, it's well and good that they want to give it to to the team with the best points at the end of the year, but in the regular season and everything. But my thing is like, I went to when I went to the game last year. I mean, you were always going to get a big turnout because it was in Atlanta. Those fans are passionate. But then you throw Atlanta into the mix. I mean, uh, I don't. I remember staying there for for two nights, you know, before the game, and then leaving like th- that next morning. And it was like I might have counted ten Portland Timbers jerseys that whole time. And it was like, I mean, obviously you're coming from Portland. It's not like you're coming from a, you know around the corner. But but two, I, I feel like if it wasn't a neutral um, ground, you you get that you get that maybe that half and half with the fans, and you know it, it's really kind of. Um, something special more so than over 60,000 fans 40, 45,000 or 50,000 is Atlanta um, and then you know 9,000 Portland and 1,000 are just you know here because they got free tickets um, you know so but I, I'm excited to see where it ends up uh, I haven't, I've never been to LA so if it does go to LA that would be cool I think um, especially um, it wouldn't be too hot hot at that time of the year and everything either. So wouldn't be too cold either. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you would not have to worry about uh, snowstorms like I did when I was leaving Atlanta in December. So um, or uh, bad rainstorms and everything. So um, all right. So that is that is our show for tonight. Um, I'd like to give a, a huge thanks to uh, Khaled Abdallah for joining me. Uh, and like I said, anytime, anytime, my man, uh, you're free and you want to jump on, uh, it, the floor is all yours. Let's do it, man. Let's definitely do this again. This is a lot of fun. Alrighty. Uh, everyone, I'm Larry Henry, SBI Soccer, and, and that was Khaled Abdallah. Um, you can check us out on Twitter. Uh, send us your... Uh, 
your MLS hate mail, uh, if you if you wish, or Chelsea hate mail or supportive mail, um, feel free. Uh, and make sure to check us check out Upper Ninety on Anchor as well as other uh, podcasting platforms. So thank you. Have a good night.